Welcome to Food for Friends, the podcast that opens the fridge door of your favourite foodies. We've invited ourselves over for a nose around their kitchen, for a poke around their cupboards, and to rifle through those takeaway leaflets from the early noughties. I'm your hostess with the mostess, Eleanor Irvin. This is Fancy Food. This is Food for Friends. Morning. Morning, Isabel. That was quite exciting to do the good morning. We are coming to you from Dalston this morning. How are you on this Wednesday, Helena? I am in a rush because our cushion, which I like to have, has rapidly elapsed this morning for a variety of reasons, including traffic. So rather than having, you know, an hour and a half before the record to mill around and, you know, just do nothing and chat, we only have 20 minutes because we've just found parking and I am feeling the energy. It's a beautiful day and we are going to interview the wonderful Florence Blair, who gives me... Creator of the mighty newsletter. Creator of the... Yeah, so true. And she just gives me, I want to say Nigel Slater energy, but just... That's a big claim. I'm excited by the fact you've just said that. Whenever her newsletter pops into my inbox it always features something that i think oh i didn't know i need to cook that Mm, but now i so agree i so agree and she florence Blair has amazing credentials she's done food styling assistant work for so many cool different books including mezcla by easter belfridge the farm table julius roberts which has recently been released can't wait to chat to her about that completely agree but i just want to i want to find out what she's cooking when she's off duty exactly what she's cooking on a monday night and where she gets her inspiration for her newsletter from i completely agree what's she cooking for dinner tonight Exactly. Any time will tell. Exactly. Um, yeah, so sorry, going back to your influences, you've got your gorgeous mum, yeah. is private chef, and as you're saying, like with hosting, having someone with all that like know-how of how to make it look effortless. Yeah, and I think we really I don't know if this is just rose-tinted spectacles or whether this was the reality, but I remember having friends over family friends and my parents friends over a lot as a child I feel like we were entertaining this sounds like a very um outdated phrase now but um we did have a lot of people over and my mum was cooking for friends and for family a lot what were some of the major memories of what would she not be known for because I know chefs aren't known for things but I feel like chef is maybe the wrong word for her. It feels like the only word that I can really use for it. But chef implies, in to my mind, I feel like there's a distinction between chef and cook. And mm, cook feels much more relaxed and informal. And I, I would kind of, even though she did it professionally, She's a, I would term her more as closer to a cook, more in terms of her style rather than... Like she was very... Well, she was, don't get me wrong, she has a refined style, but it's not in any way um, too stiff. And I feel like she's always had a lot of warmth in her food. And I sometimes think, particularly for her generation, um, that is a sort of distinction. At this time of year, like what sort of things do you think would be on the table? Like if your parents were Well, she used to make these... <laughs> a collab with my mum. She used to make these amazing, and she still does, and I still do, and we so love it. It's one of our favourite. Oh, good. Um, it's one of our favourite recipes. But I remember when we had people over, she would cook 
these Frikadelle, which Ooh. are herby, lemony meatballs. And then I cook this for my friends now a lot, actually, too. You basically, at the table, you just you serve the meatballs and then everyone helps themselves to spoonfuls of yogurt and oh, you put out lemon wedges and olives and everyone sort of helps themselves and which is the kind of tops. Thing everyone loves. Exactly. Like, yeah. oh, I actually I feel like that. that's really important for me when I have friends over. I love having something that they can do and they yes. sort of finish off their supper. I because think that's I think that's tip. just a nicer way mm. for everyone to enjoy their food. Um and I actually, whatever I cook, I try to make sure there's something that they can mm. finish it mm. off. Exactly, because people, they're not like, oh my god, this is a beautiful. Exactly. Like, sort of. I also you. don't love when I'm having friends over, I don't, I very rarely would plate something. I just don't think mm. that's how, that's not really I my so style. I would much rather put everything out chuck it on my butcher's block as we've discussed um and then people can just help themselves Second exactly like, and yeah, they can add a bit more of this or that or whatever yeah. it is um, and this is i mean we were saying just before like this is such a great hosting space so do you kind of is it quite a kind of like busy do you really find i do love or? having friends over <laughs> um and i hope that uh, Maybe not listening to this because I'm about to reveal <laughs> that the reason why I quite like having people over is so that I get to stay put. <laughs> I, I um, so <laughs> haven't really revealed that to them before, so if they are listening, I'm really sorry. Well, it's it's just because I don't want to get on the tube. <laughs> we can come to what I cook in a little mm. bit, but just to, to. to jump the gun, I always do fruit and chocolate for pudding and that is oh. that is it i just i i personally think that puddings are if you are into making puddings and baking that is fantastic i am not i just get some seasonal fruit yeah and that's all anyone wants it, it, i i sort of think it is like, at that point in the evening i hope that we've eaten well delicious. enough up until yeah. that point yeah. that fruit and chocolate is just and what I know, you want. like, I, I, because I, I feel exactly the same, and like, you know, love having people over, but I really do, like, I'll do, like, either, like, I'll do cheese and chocolate, basically, mm. um, and just, like, impose my love of cheese on everyone else. But even then, people don't eat much, like, you just want to have, like, or even, like, a cup of tea or something, like, people are just so, like, happy to just be kind of chatting. Exactly. Like, you know, everyone's in a lovely flow by that point, like, I think that's, so great. Have another glass of wine. Yeah. Totally. Have a bit of chocolate. Have you got a favourite chocolate brand? Well, I controversially like really dark chocolate, mm. but I feel like that's not always a crowd pleaser. Like 90%? 100%? I have got quite... Yeah, I, I fancy 100% sometimes. Wow. Um, I but I would say I usually, I, I usually hover around the 80 mark. No, yeah. But that isn't generally a crowd pleaser, so... Sure. My personal taste in chocolate aside, <laughs> um, usually Such go for a sea. <laughs> usually go for a sea salty, milky, or slightly dark Delicious. number. Just something you can um, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, pre-chocolate and pre-fruit. Yes. Like obviously we've just come out of summer, but by the time this goes out, we're probably going to be like 
into kind of early autumn and so on. Okay. So what would you recommend to people? So coming into the season where I feel like I would be serving, in the summer I would actually do something like a galette and salads mm. because you can make that in, in advance and then just serve it at room mm. temperature and do a few nice salads and that's it. But as we get into the cooler months, I would do something obviously hot, but then mm. I'd have room temperature sides and then there's just no pressure. Another thing I actually love to do, which is incredibly old fashioned, but I actually think is really fun when you have people over and in the cold months, winter, sort of coming into winter. I really love doing fondues. I knew you were gonna say fondues. I'm, I'm sorry, am oh I that predictable? I'm, I'm so predictable. I'm sorry, I'm really no, it's predictable. Not predictable. I it's just, just I just think gorgeous. it's a really fun thing to do. It means I'm that, really, yeah, perfect. so the one thing I would say with fondue, and I think the reason why people associate it with sort of either very alpine or just a bit yeah. is that it's about what you serve with it. So, Let's go there. Okay. What are we with so it? I think it's really important to have a nice bitter salad. So I do a bitter leaf mm. salad with lots of celery in that. Like so I exactly radicchio, celery, nice mustardy dressings which go well with the cheese. How do you prepare your celery? Because I feel like people are scared of celery. Do you think? Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm a real celery like, fan. So am I. But I. How do you how do you do it? I sometimes if I'm doing it just raw crunchy in a salad mm -hmm. i would probably go for quite small but jiggity jaggedy mm -hmm. pieces yeah. and i actually do think it's really delicious just raw but i, I know that yeah. not everyone does the other thing i very often do is roasted celery i think is really mm -hmm. underrated that flavor that some people find challenging raw really mellows out when you roast it so it more delicate. exactly um, yeah, um and the other thing i love to do is sort of go is <laughs> <laughs> just sort of go agridolce so i would mm. cook it and then give it a nice acidic key bath in like a red wine vinegar Perfect. maybe with some i know not everyone loves dried fruit but i think mm. it can be really delicious with raisins mm. and if you soak them in the red wine vinegar that can be really delicious. Also Lots when of... it's like an agriculture thing, it kind exactly, of works. it does work. And then I think it's also really nice to do with the fondue lots of pickly bits mm. and lots of ferments. So cornichons. So I feel like that really updates it. Mm, exactly. Um, I sometimes make this carrot ferment, which has mm. lots of coriander seeds and nigella seeds, and Delicious. you just let it do its thing in a jar for how many days Absolutely. into weeks, and something like that's really good with the fondue. And also, like reducing the stress of, as you say, like you've got your fondue, which is kind of your centerpiece. Yes. And then you've got delicious, like exactly, and it's just yeah. satellite things. Sorry, I love yeah, that. Yes. So no, no, no. Like, that's perfect. I would also do some sort of salad that had a roasty, toasty treatment in the mm. oven. So as in maybe like a charred pepper salad um, or yummy. something like that, and it just kind of gives a bit of interest. And, and in the actual fondue, what are we talking? Mm. I love a cheese fondue, mm -hmm. but... Do you have a fondue set? I actually have acquired two <gasps> sets over the years from charity shops, which I would say is a really good place to look. With your permission, have to take a photo for the listeners. Of course, of course. Charity shops or from grandparents or parents. Exactly. Or I feel like you can actually find, if you keep an eye out at your local charity shop, they do crop up 
and I know they're quite expensive to purchase new, so that yeah. is a the tip I also, would give. Also, I just found out just before the record that you are a prop stylist as well as all yes. the other strings to your bow, um, and that I assume charity shops are yes. a great place for inspiration. Love charity as well. shops for that. Um, yeah. Yes, definitely. I actually find charity shops outside of London generally provide deliver the goods wow. in, a, in a way that they don't necessarily in London I find but I'm sure yeah, lots yeah. of other people would disagree no, 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 and they'd say they have a, a great enough. place this in you know on this yeah. little street in <laughs> in London <laughs> yeah if you're on off menu I'm sure there'd be loads of people being like no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but we're safe there I spend a lot of time in charity shops and I have done over years and the best ones are in Villages, exactly I think they London. are yeah also for like cookbooks and so on which we should discuss your yes cookbooks. cookbooks again charity, charity shops, shops. Yeah, okay. I've actually found a lot of my favorite cookbooks and charity <clears> shops because <throat> they're generally slightly lesser known books mm. that you might not pick up at Waterstones or Amazon or... that aren't the big tickets kind of exactly and I I really like quite old-fashioned cookbooks. I feel like they can provide a lot of inspiration. Should we, should we go in there? Let's we... dive into I have cookbooks that I love to read from, but don't necessarily cook from as much. Um, and then I have books that I wouldn't necessarily dive into to read at night, but I cook from more regularly. So I feel like there's a distinction there for me. Oh, no, I think that's um, a really, really like, insightful thing because, you know, you're right, the thing you might want to make on midweek is not the thing you want to read about on like a Sunday evening. Exactly. So, yeah. So, my first... That's a lovely copy of Appetite. I've never seen the pink one. Well, that was from a charity shop. So there we go. Also another piece just for Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. great idea. The other thing from trash shops is you can see which like recipes are the best. Exactly, most splattered yeah, recipes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, wow. okay. in terms of the ones I, yeah, so in terms of the ones I love to read, yeah. um, anything by Nigel Slater. Uh, very, he's, he's a very um, classic choice, but I, I do. Writing is, is is kind of the modern Nigel Slater kind of energy. You are gonna make me blush. That's very, very <laughs> sweet of you. I mean, I don't think anyone lives up to the king that is Nigel. Well, Nigel is one of my favourites, and I, I, I refer to him as Nigel as if he's oh. my best friend. I read this quote once that he said that like Nigel, loads of people tell Nigel that he's the third person in their marriage. <laughs> That's so brilliant. Like, Good old Nigel yeah. saving <laughs> marriages up and down the country. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? What goes with what? I was going to say that's one of my favourite sections. So I, I love this for reading. Um, I also will very often, when we roll into a new month, I will flick to the section that he divides by month and he sort of yes. gives you a little Which again, I paragraph feel on... Which again, I table by Julius is, that feels important yes, for like kitchen I'm sure. and so on. Yes, um, exactly. Um, but this just has, I, I, I do think Appetite in particular is my favourite of Nigel's thing. books. Yeah. Um, I also love the Christmas Chronicles, which I yes. read every year now. Um, and I try and do each day. For, do you? I, I try, oh, well I do, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it it's, it's short and it's, and it's, it's not yeah. necessarily, I feel like he does skip a few days. Yeah. So you can yeah. just catch up. Um, so, yeah. But I just love 
feel like we could do a whole separate podcast about on like, just on Nigel. Nigel. I know yeah. we really, really could. Um, anyway. Watch this space. Yeah. Watch this space. Yeah. We'll come back. Part, we'll have to do a follow up episode, part two, we'll a deep, deep dive into Nigel. Yeah. So yeah. he is one of my absolute favourites. Oh. Then another book I love to read is um, Sarah Raven's Garden Cookbook, which I don't think is a very well known cookbook. I've never seen that. Um, I love Sarah Raven. Sarah Raven, obviously, flower queen. flower queen, yeah. gardening queen. Um, but her garden cookbook is really lovely because it's divided into. You can, <laughs> you can see very doughy fingers nice, of it yeah, kind of going all over. Exactly, flowery, flowery fingerprints all over this. Um, again, it's actually divided um, into seasons and actually broken into. So it takes two months at a time. So January, February. Um, and it's done by ingredient and it's sort of for me I would say it's more of an aspirational book because I don't have a garden I don't have even a Square foot of outdoor space Which in my tiny really flat in London. Get the energy of someone who should have a thriving I would, allotment. I would love to have a thriving allotment, but the waiting list for those is very long. They are years, but, years. Again, I'm on the list. I'm, on, I'm on yeah. the waiting list, okay, but um, uh, I think it's, I think I'm a way off. So <laughs> anyway, I love this book because I have grand visions of tending to a lovely oh, vegetable yeah, patch um, one day in my in my old age I'm and sure. this looks really, and it's got a lovely question on the front nigel exactly oh, nigel and sarah oh. the photography is very um of an era i would say and it definitely shows the books Age. That's quite early noughties. It's, really I actually would need oh, to check yeah. the date that it's it was that. first published, but it, it is very much... Um, I feel like there were a lot of these books at one point. Of a time. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. But it's just really lovely, and if you're looking for like inspiration on an... Ing- icing sugar on them, Exactly. Like, very... Ex- that is everything the listener needs to know. Um, yeah. Maybe, I do want to find publication today, but you carry on. I'm gonna so, carry on, so, anyway, that's lovely to read from... Yeah. I don't generally follow the recipes that sure. much but I do love to read it also I think like it's really nice like with Nigel Slater and with this book as well like having like as you say like almost something to set your watch by in terms exactly. of the year like obviously we're all so much more aware of seasonality now and it's become like de rigueur in cooking mm. which is fabulous for so many different reasons but to have an authority on the seasons being like Okay, like we're coming into that and so on. And the other thing I noticed, which people will love, is you've got a mainly breakfast. Oh, I calendar. do. I'm a. And mainly breakfast for people who don't know does it's an Instagram account and they do like a beautiful illustration every month of what's coming into season. So we've got October up there and I just am obsessed that you yes. have that. I didn't even know that existed. Um, Emma's illustrations are really beautiful, beautiful. and I have given countless calendars to friends um, as presents I, did not know, I, I think it's a really lovely i think it's a really lovely christmas present yeah. because then you're going into the new year and you can I, so just in case everyone would recognize like anyone who follows any food accounts would recognize the illustrations like every, yes. you know people share them and this has got i think it's like a crown prince pumpkin and some lovely fat sets and maybe a pair lovely pair exactly yeah. um that's just 
I can't believe I didn't know that existed. Um, well, but all lovely things. She, to... I think she just released her twenty twenty four calendars, so you can, okay, you can, yeah, 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 run along. But people. having having something to be like, okay, I'm just going to be guided by this. Exactly. You know? um, but these two are now ones that I really like to cook from. So lovely. the towpath cookbook. The towpath is for me my favorite place to eat i don't eat out that much it's a real treat for me um i only go on occasions yeah. rather than as a sort of regular yeah. but the towpath is by far my favorite oh. place it's also, such a special spot and it just has a very precious place in my heart i feel like it's i mean yeah it's it's having i feel like it's having a moment at the moment I don't know. I feel but like it's also, always having a moment. It's all, it like, as in, yeah, it's, it's evergreen. Like, it's like, you're so right. And like, they're coming to the end of their season now, aren't they? So they usually finish on bonfire night, yeah. which I don't want to say on a podcast because then everyone will go. But they do a lovely, they do really great fireworks, and they do their cheese toasties. Do you, are you gonna try and? Are you gonna try and? I I will definitely go. It's. Oh gets busier every year so yeah, um you've got to beat the crowds i feel like it's snow it's snowballing mm. again you know it's always been hugely respected in the food community because Definitely. they have i mean um is it laurie tomorrow yes. and um Laura jackson. jackson yes they really live and breathe what they believe don't they they do and that is yeah. superb i like, say this as if i know them personally i do not well <laughs> but i feel you you, you feel get a good sense from from eating there and from yeah. their book they share lots of lovely stories in the book um the next book that i really like to get from um and i had the joy of working on is mezcla by east of Alfridge. so when you work on a cookbook i think one of the greatest privileges of doing that is that you've then tried nearly every recipe in the book um, and it means that when you come to cooking from it in the future you you know your favorites already you've you've done the research I, and it's yeah you which is such a rare thing to physically yes. know you know of course mezcla has had so much attention for a good reason and the fact you worked on it like i feel like you didn't quite make enough of that for those of you who don't know florence is a food stylist slash food stylist assistant yes and has worked on some incredible projects we don't delve too much into work on this podcast but i would love to discuss stick to play avoid the work yeah but also i'd love (laughs) to discuss a few of your projects because obviously they percolate into how you cook at home so it's relevant and we can talk about it yes (laughs) um so i've been really really lucky to work on some amazing books and I feel yeah o- lucky is the operative word um hard working you know talented <laughs> um but in terms of mezcla um it was probably I, I I hesitate to, to sort of give um definitive answers when giving favorites but I do think it was one of my favorite books that I've ever worked really on special really special um we were just, as always, when you're food styling, assisting, and... and for the uninitiated, tell them a bit of the process. What's a day like, you know, when you're... When so, you're we are cooking somewhere between eight and ten recipes a day, um, which, as you can imagine, involves a lot of washing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and a lot of taking the bins out. So just to give it a healthy dose of reality <laughs> rather than glamour, as it may seem. And you feel very present all day. Like it's like, let's do, let's make this and then style this and then with that and we're shooting and we'll, re- we'll adapt this and yeah. that's going on and it's just, you're, you're, you don't look at your phone all day. No, <laughs> but I feel that way about cooking yeah. in any capacity. Sure. It's such a present, you have to be yeah. then and there. I feel like that about podcasts. <laughs> she's in the moment yeah can really relate to this Passion yeah and would you favor any particular butter because i know you're a butter queen that's a good question i actually think i this is going to sound i don't want this to sound holier than thou but i feel like my priority more than anything would probably be to get organic butter yeah that's just my personal preference um and I usually actually buy unsalted and then I salt it myself because for (laughs) there was a there was a really is it it's hardly very insightful there's a real line between my sincerity and that was sincerity um I actually always buy unsalted butter because I I don't I actually like many of us cook pro- predominantly with olive oil, sure. um, but I do cook with butter yeah. as well, and I like to control the seasoning when I'm cooking, yes. so I okay. always buy unsalted. Okay. I also think that if you're having something like soda bread, it's nice to have a bit of a crunchy, yes. flaky salt yes. moment. So I'd rather add it myself. Agreed. And if you buy the, the stuff that does have the proper like crystals in, it's exactly. like to remortgage. I was going to say, I'm, they're so delicious, expensive. but it's not something yeah. I personally will be yeah. adding to my yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. basket sure. Uh, on a weekly That's basis. That's a great tip, I think. So um, yeah. I would rather just buy my organic unsalted butter and then salt it myself. Sorry, to sorry, the sorry. cupboards, right. Yes, we're so. in the cupboards and they're immaculate. Wow. Wow. They're certainly not immaculate. They are falling, they are off, the, they are falling <laughs> off the wall. Welcome to a London rental. They, they are, are actually falling off the and, wall. And I'm sure that keeps you humble, but <laughs> this is an immaculate cupboard. So how, when did you organise it like this? Because this looks like it was top shelf, lots of jars that I've accumulated over the years from goodness knows where. Um, all filled with various pulses, pastas, uh, lots of nuts and seeds. I feel sort of like my appetite leans towards bird food territory at times with the (laughs) amount of seeds and nuts that I get through. on shoots and so on and you're nibbling a lot. Yes. You kind of want something grounding when you're at home, I imagine. I, um, I find this cupboard is sort of this is full of things I cook with all the time. Lovely. So, um, like I said, lots of it's like short grain brown rice, which is my favourite rice. Really lovely and nutty. What would you do with that? Um, I make lots of sort of pilaf style mm. dishes with that. So I do. There's one that I do at this time of year, which is a leek and lemon one, oh. which, I, which I serve with chili butter that for people to drizzle over. That's yeah, yeah, I like that one. Um, but there are lots of. I, to be honest, it's just where my appetite pulls me. Yeah. Um, but this is the cupboard I probably use the most. Speaking of appetite, in your most recent newsletter, which is fabulous, and Izzy and I are both paid up subscribers, Aww. you did some 
pickled and salted mushrooms. Roasted mushrooms. Yes, salt salted, and vinegar mushrooms. Salted vinegar mushrooms, exactly. Yes. And you gave about eight different options for what to do with them, which I love because again, you can say, where is the tide taking you this evening? You know, exactly. what have you got? Rather than just saying this is a recipe and you know, I think lots of people feel like beholden to follow a recipe. Which so is a shame because it should like just be what you fancy yeah. and where your appetite pulls you, like totally. I said. So um yes, I think that's really important. I always think about that when I'm thinking about recipes and sort of yeah. the possible directions that people could take it in. Um, but yeah, so this cupboard is full of all my bits and bobs that I sort of cook with probably most regularly. These lots of seeds, um lots of nuts which I toast in batches um because no one wants an untoasted nut um and then this little section with all my Mm. vinegars uh it's very it's key um I am a Bella Z fan I I I love various places for vinegars but um the yes the Bella Z fig leaf vinegar is a real Mm. treat if anyone is I, I, I also think, and I've said this before, so I hope it doesn't sound really boring. If you do read my newsletter, I'm really sorry you're going to hear this twice. But I, do, <laughs> but I do think well that way. vinegars and olive oils are a really lovely thing to give people as presents. Um, something like this fig leaf vinegar is not, it's a treat. It's not something you're just slinging in your shopping yeah. basket yeah. Um, any day. And I think something taking something like that, if you're going to someone's house for supper yeah. or it's a birthday, I think so that's a really lovely thing to give. Compar- like I always, I, I feel the same way because if you're wanting to get someone something that's really special, but you are actually on a bit of a budget, you can get the best exactly. of vinegar for actually a really affordable present price. Exactly. Whereas like, you know, if you're gonna get some other, I don't know, something like, like a bottle like of wine. I was gonna say something. lots of people take wine like, to dinner yeah. parties or to suppers and yeah. I, and that's I that's lovely, but. Yeah. It's political, doesn't it? But also, but also, is this, yeah. and also it yeah. is, Sorry, it sounds sounds ungrateful, but it is another bottle of wine, and yeah, that's lovely. But it's it's. I, I just sometimes think it's nice to give something yeah, different. I, agree. I was going to ask a question. Please do. Um, you we were saying earlier about you said you wouldn't splash on butter with the salt crystals in, which I completely agree with. Yes. What when you're perusing mm, in your shopping question. basket, do you splash out on in terms of brands or particular? ingredients that you think that is a really really good question um so i think it's really worth investing in things like vinegars sorry to sound like a broken record but i think vinegar Vinegar. Vinegar. that's vinegar everyone that's vinegar um (laughs) i have a very acidic leaning palate so vinegar is very important to me but i do think that they they go the distance. Mm-hmm. You only need little splashes here and there, so it's a nice thing to buy. And it completely buy. changes the dish. It does. It makes it... It really does. Yeah. And if you works. think how many lemons or limes or oranges you would get through in yeah. the time that you get through a bottle of vinegar, it's a, it's a good, yeah. it's a good yeah. investment. Great so I would say vinegars. Yeah. The other thing I actually think is worth spending your money on, and I, I don't think this is probably going to be a widely held belief but I think pasta I think high quality I think high quality pasta tastes 
infinitely better and I'm really sorry I know that sounds a bit snobby because actually it's such a staple for people and I understand it's something that you wouldn't necessarily spend money on because you are eating it quite regularly but But I do think that there are now so many amazing pasta brands out there um and I do really love Rumo um and I've that would be sort of my go to if you want to use that phrase no dried pasta I'm not I'm not I I actually don't really ever cook with fresh it's just not something I ever ever use I do it as a treat but then I'm also like should I just be spending more on a good quality dried pasta I just think it's it's all about they one they have better flavor which is stating the obvious but it's also more of a texture thing and how they cook and I think very often a lot of people wonder why pasta that they eat when they eat out something tastes so much better and like well it's yeah. probably because it just cooks more evenly because yeah. it's a better quality pasta also in terms of you know going with this idea of like you know what's it worth spending money on right now obviously every penny counts but the degree of cost difference between an own brand pasta yes and like a very like good kind of upper mid-range pasta is relatively small yes. compared to battery farmed chicken compared to very good exactly chicken. so it's actually also if i'm i don't know about you but if really i'm cooking with pasta i'm generally using lots of store carb ingredients anyways yeah. it's not a particularly expensive exactly. so it's thing really to cook much, you know, um but i do think yeah. upgrading the quality of what yes I do yeah. think and the other um there's also a lovely British pasta company called the Northern Pasta Company which does lovely they're pasta really a lot of, a lot of they're really really great yeah. um it's made with British spelt and it's delicious yeah it's like a pasta ricci kind of that's another that thing I actually boring. would that's the other thing I would say as well with pasta and trying to sort of stretch it and make it a little bit more substantial I very often mix pasta with pulses and beans and stuff and I know that sounds a bit carby and stodgy but it, it, it's not it it does it no, it's really delicious um and I just think it helps. gives it also just gives different textures it's yeah. it's nice anyway that's how I would sort of stretch your nice pasta a bit further is throw and in a, a tin of chickpeas or which is basically a pasta check yeah but like more brothy and exactly still we are both just like salivating over that <laughs> um, so, very yeah, sweet I think that's a really good tip so um, that's that cupboard um, this one is not in any way organised in the same way that the other one might give the illusion um, yes. of but this one is actually full of pickly bits <laughs> lots of olives lots mm. of cornichons caper berries but the other thing I would say this, this also reveals some rather strange shoot loot um <laughs> things like a tiny tin of sweet corn which i wouldn't oh, normally buy myself but that just but happened just to be leave. left yeah. well i just didn't want to leave it there's no. some, there are there are some strange things in here that have i have acquired from various sheets but um things like bee pollen i would <laughs> i would never buy it but i just didn't want to leave it yeah, i didn't want yeah. it to be binned no, no, so absolutely. um haven't actually used it Ooh, since Yes, this is an old pasta yeah. code. Lovely. Uh, you know why it's called radiatory? Radiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, it's a great sad. shape. I know. Okay, there we go. One more thing that I would splash out on is tin tomatoes. Mm. You're not the first. You won't be the last. <laughs> no. Good. So, and I also will not be the last to suggest me, I think we Mooty. Honestly, be sponsored by Mooty. I I really like, really do think that <laughs> getting. Mooty, if you're listening. 
Mooty, if you're listening, they would they would like to work with you. Yeah. But they just um, the I know. I know. But they, they it, it just makes a huge difference, I find. So a good quality tinned tomato. Yeah, I think that's a really good choice. And again, if you're, of course, like, you know, all have to be careful, but by degrees... Yes. Moving up from a 30 pecan to a, you know, 50 pecan tomato is, yes. is so worth it. Also, this six-pack, this six-pack that yeah. they sell, exactly. <laughs> it's making me sound like a real lame but I will just say that it's very often <laughs> on offer, it's very often on offer, this six-pack, yes, people, so I keep your eyes peeled. You're right, and um, yeah, I mean, how long would it take you to get through those? Uh, not long, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're probably my most used cupboard item. Great. And are we allowed to look in your fridge? We are. The first person I've seen ever with receipts attached to their fridge. So I just have to ask. This is a, one of the less glamorous, enjoyable <laughs> signs of my job, which involves keeping and taking photos of and uploading photos of so many receipts. Um, food shopping. It's a window. Galore. Into um, your world. This is but it's very, it's, it's a great way to do it. It's, it's a, a magnetic clip it. No, but it's, it's the truth. But it basically and means that as soon as they come in, yeah. they go on the fridge, and hopefully that way I don't lose them. That's a great shout, and I love the magnetic clippets. If you take anything away from this practical. podcast. <laughs> They're probably from Tiger or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So oh, wow. The fridge is just full of Tupperwares, basically, of leftover Fantastic. food. Love it. A sort of beanie number. Mm. Leftover. Yeah, what is that? Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's well, a kind it of dubious be. looking brown mush exactly. um, exactly. in among loads of delicious no, things. Some plums down there. Plums down Beautifully here. organized vegetable drawer. Fennel, Fennel of course. Um, um, cabbage. Mm-hmm. Cauliflower. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, oh, and you've got okay. So, what's that? What are the pickle brands that you're into? So, I like this sauerkraut, mm-hmm. the raw, vibrant living. That looks amazing. Um, and are there any things in this fridge that are going to be in the next newsletter? The next plan, I'm working on um, a salad, mm-hmm. a, a roasted squash salad. Oh. Apple and ginger dressing. Wow. Um, so there are lots of apples and lots of ginger in yep. this raw. Yeah. And how, what's the process? Because obviously, like, I, I haven't, there has not been a single recipe from your newsletter that hasn't worked brilliantly for me. So you obviously test them, yeah. I assume. Um, how does it work? That's very kind of you to say. Um, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> uh, so it's, there's, there isn't a particular rhyme or reason or st- structure to it. Sure. It's generally just what I'm cooking at home and what mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, I send out... It's called Bits and Bobs, by the way. Bits and Bobs, and it's all... It's I try to make it as seasonal as possible without being too limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I think with seasonal eating is that we always talk about what ingredients are in season and, and you know, eating locally and blah, 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 which is, which is fantastic. Um, but for me, eating seasonally isn't just about the ingredients. It's more about mm. what I feel feel like eating at that time of year sure. and I think that is more it is obviously I am hugely led by what looks good at the shops mm-hmm. and what 
fruit and veg is at its best. But I think it's also about your appetite and your appetite changes month to month. So yeah. this is just for me. And I, I think it's a really good I distinction. For someone else too, but um, I just feel like at certain times of the year, my appetite will go in different directions mm-hmm. and that's sort of how I shape the newsletter yeah. and how I decide what it's going to be what recipe I'm going to I think share. that's such a great distinction in terms of like it's yes okay well we're lots of people are massively au fait now with like what's in season at what time of year but then also kind of putting that through the sort of fruit machine of, of how you also are feeling and exactly. so on is really important as well seasonal eating to me is just as much about those things yeah as we go into autumn, what do you think, feelings-wise, what do you think people are wanting to eat that will assist with the transitional feels of summer to autumn? The grieving yes. of summer. The grieving of summer. I think at this time of year, it's actually an amazing time of year to be cooking because mm. there's so much to choose from in the way of um, fruit and vegetables. Maturing exactly. And, yeah. So I... I've sort of been reluctant to go full throttle on sweets and stews and blah blah blah, which I do love, but I, I think they're a long one. I was gonna say there's there's a long road of sweets and stews to come. So I think probably at this time of year, I lean more into sort of roasting lots of lovely vegetables, mm. giving them quite simple but sort of asserted dressings and I think you don't want to go straight into Christmas cooking either do you know what I mean like I just I think what are you planning for this evening that is a really really good question I mean I've got a cauliflower yeah that's a lovely which I there's I I do really fancy I have sort of been thinking about no no i think lots of people will relate to this i've been sort of lingering thoughts lingering percolating thoughts in my brain about cauliflower with some sort of marmite like i i I just i sort of have this slight i love marmite and cheddar and in my head at the moment i'm thinking what about about like a marmite pangrattato or something that's exactly what i'm thinking sorry can you explain for us, non foodies, what a pancreatus is? Why don't you know? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, breadcrumb, crispy breadcrumbs. Yeah, breadcrumbs. So basically, um, I'm thinking sort of cauliflower with some yum. sort of cherry crusty. Nice. Delicious. And there's mighty. Like a whole baked situation? I'm unsure as of yet. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. You, you may, you may see Have you tried? Have, Have you never, tried the. Um, still in the. Um, in the early stages, yeah, of my yeah, yeah. early stages of my brain. It's a prototype. Um, have you, yeah, thanks <laughs> for the excuse. And actually, just before we wrap up, and it's been glorious, have you tried the Ottolenghi cauliflower cheese? It is stupendous. It's amazing. It's got green chili. Yeah, it's stupendous. Um, so I, as you were talking about that, I was like, that feels like Which in that vein. Agreed. Prowess. It generally is received very well, and people love oh, it. Oh, I love the idea I've of. Given lots of people I think. Presents. 
The idea of presence and what to take to people is something I'm going to be taking forward with the podcast because it's a great question. So I love that. How to be how to be a great guest as well. And hopefully we have been good guests. And honestly, thank you so much for having us over. We've had such a lovely time and yeah, very grateful. Oh, I loved her. What a sweetheart. Oh my God. Just such centered, calm energy. What and a just, gal. Yeah, just everything was impe- impeccable taste. Just effortless. Just beautiful, fresh cotton, freshly baked energy from Florence. It was just, I know we obviously don't like to talk too much about the inside of people's homes, but it was such a beautiful kitchen and I just felt instantly Airy, at home there. With this beautiful big butcher's block, which we'll, we'll we've got some lovely photos of Florence the by the butcher's block. Um, and she produced this fig and walnut so- soda bread. Oh my God. With a, with a, a like a whipped butter with fennel seeds oh, and sea salt on top. Which I'm going to create this weekend, by the way. I'm going to do it. I need it again. I really liked meeting her and I felt like she gave so many like genuinely useful tips for having people over she obviously with the heritage with her mum being a private chef and like being such a natural host like I think there are lots of takeaways from this episode for how to really successfully have your friends over and I just love talking to her we of BTS we stayed for like another hour after and like had a cup of tea and like we're all gonna go on a little cold water swimming date and and then go to a bakery Dalston has the best bakeries by the way I want to move to Mm, Dalston I know I feel like yeah that's on the cards for you I'm manifesting it here on the podcast people um but yeah no I such a gorgeous morning such a lovely person and just so many gems of knowledge as well a woman with a plan yeah we love a woman with a plan determined hardworking, and incredibly humble it was just great to talk to her and have a look around her cupboards. Did we mention we had a really nice time? And then stay for way longer so that I had to extend my parking. I'm always talking about my parking, aren't I? It's um, but it's a real feature of the podcast. But we will link to Florence's lovely newsletter in the show notes. And we suggest, suggest if you're not signed up, that you do get yourself subscribed. Oh my God, yeah. Bits and bobs, Florence Blair. She's a queen. You've been listening to Food for Friends, the nosiest podcast in food. You can see all our guest fridge selfies at Food for Friends Pod on Instagram. And with every subscribe and five-star review, we're one step closer to interviewing Nigella's Mika Awave. Food for Friends is hosted by me, Helena Irvin, and produced by the glamorous and talented Izzy Bujard. Bye, Izzy, bye. (laughs)